0: Hey there listeners, welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who aren't quite nerds but not quite noobs Choose a horror movie each week to rate and review I'm Ashvin and I'm on the phone with Brian And on this week's episode, we're going to be talking about the 1984 film The Terminator Directed by James Cameron and starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and Linda Hamilton In this film, two naked dudes show up from the future and chase down some women named Sarah in 1980s Los Angeles If you're new to our show, we're going to have a spoiler-free discussion for the first part of the show, where we'll talk about the background of the film, then we'll take a quick break, you'll hear a little bit of music, and then we'll come back, hit the plots, hit some of the spoilers, and get into our review. Brian, it has been, uh, I want to say, a month since we've actually recorded. How, How are you feeling going into this episode?
1: You know, I feel kind of like putting on an old pair of shoes. I don't think I'm going to be rusty. I think I'm going to be flawless as usual, (laughs) just like we always are. (laughs)
0: How about you? Uh, I was thinking it would feel like riding a bike again, but then I I feel like I never really learned how to ride this bike.
1: so uh, (laughs)
0: Exactly. (laughs) It'll be the usual shit show.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just me and you on a tandem bike wobbling around until we fall into a bush as usual.
0: Yep, yep. (laughs) So I guess we're we're back at our normal course then.
1: Um, Speaking of two dudes, you totally shafted one of those two naked dudes by not saying that Michael Bean also stars in this movie. Oh yeah, Michael Bean.
0: Is he like a household name?
1: Um he's a household food item his last name. <laughs> yes. No that's a good question. I'm not sure. I mean between this and his role in Aliens it's kind of yeah. He's kind of recognizable but yeah.
0: Yeah. I I haven't seen him like too much after that. Like yeah, those are like his two iconic roles. Right. Right. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with him outside of these roles. Same. Uh and uh, another reason I was really excited to talk about this film with you is this is your first watch, right? Of The Terminator?
1: Yeah, everybody, I'm sorry for who I am, but this is the first (laughs) time I saw The Terminator from start to finish. I will say a lot of it felt pretty familiar. I do think that one of my older cousins had this movie on a decent amount, at least once or twice, and I kind of looked over her shoulder, realized I was too young for it, and ran off to play some more. Nice. Um, (laughs) That same cousin also, I remember, was watching T2, and there's a scene where someone gets stabbed while drinking a carton of milk that haunted my dreams for a long time. And I had still, that was another movie I didn't see all the way through till I was adult and largely because of that, that moment and how much it freaked me out. Gotcha.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm so surprised because I I feel like in our generation growing up in the eighties, Arnold Schwarzenegger was just such a big deal. And like he was in every like action movie and I I just remember being obsessed with him and like watching all those films. Did you not get into him uh, in the eighties?
1: No, not really. It's funny, I I definitely, some of the well-known 80s action movies that guys our age were, you know, watching many times over and wearing out the VHSs of, some of them I was very familiar with. Like, I've seen Die Hard many, many times, and I love it, but as anyone who's listened to our Predator episode knows, I never saw Predator, I never saw this movie, I think specifically Arnold Schwarzenegger is... Hmm. Uh, a a blind spot for me. And yeah, I didn't see T2 all the way through until I was it was within the past few years. That's incredible. Wow. Yeah,
0: yeah I, I feel like those two movies or like the Terminator franchise kind of defined my childhood a little bit and Arnold Schwarzenegger in general. Um sure. what about like some of those other action heroes of this time like Oh, Jean-Claude Van Damme or Chuck Norris. Uh were you into those guys and their movies?
1: I've probably seen, like, more of Jean-Claude Van Damme's movies than some of the other action heroes of, of our age. Okay. Like, I've seen Hard Target and Time Cop and... Yeah. What, Maximum Risk? Is that one? Probably. Universal Soldier, uh, Cyborg, that kind of stuff. Sure. Yeah, I don't think I saw that one. But, yeah, I, I've, seen, I've seen a handful of his movies. Okay. I don't know why there are certain holes. Um, yeah. I think some part of me thought that Arnold Schwarzenegger movies would be cheesy, but um, or there were also movies I didn't seek out on my own as much. It was just ah. if it was on at a sleepover or something, and for some reason, uh, these these weren't on as on at sleepovers very often. I think I don't know. Was I too? Were we a little past this time period? Uh, I mean, this came out when we were one year old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah, you see it later, but... Yeah.
0: Uh, you know what I think it is, is uh, I had a much older brother, like, seven years older. And I, there I it is. he's the yeah. reason I saw a lot of short films. I, I think
1: you didn't have an older sibling, did you? I didn't. So, a lot of the action movies I saw were specifically either I had two friends one was named Brendan and the other was named Brandon <laughs> and they had Brand- older brothers and <laughs> Brandon and Brendan and Brian <laughs> that was the Brandon three of Brendan you guys? and Brian yeah that was the three of us oh my God. and uh they had older brothers so if I saw an action movie I most likely saw it at their house yeah specifically I saw most action movies at Brendan's house <laughs> and more Cinemax softcore porn at Brandon's house. Got it. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, you need those older brothers to kind of like shepherd in uh, th- those things when you're when you're a kid. Otherwise, you miss out. And yeah like, <laughs> dude that kills me that you two friends from Brendan and brandon and your <laughs> name is brian there's like a great like a uh, joke about like a uh, white suburbs <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's fair these three guys all right well cool I, I, i'm glad uh we could talk about this as, as your first watch um yeah it'd been a long time for me too uh I, I think the other big thing with this film so this is a, a horror movie club podcast and most of the films i i think this is probably the first film that uh is very um most loosely on the horror line right i feel like it's horror action do, do you think within the main channel here we've done anything that's as like as much of a stretch from horror as this one is predator yeah that was on
1: our patreon though right no, that was on the main channel. Oh, shit, it was. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a similar episode where we're kind of, I almost think of this as kind of like an unofficial suite where we kind of explore the <laughs> the outer boundaries of horror and and is um, are these movies horror or are they not? And yeah. I, I kind of like talking about movies like this.
0: Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, What do you think? Uh, I mean, I, I think growing up, I never considered this one horror, but... Now, like, seeing so many horror films, definitely see, like, a little bit of overlap, Uh, but what do you you, you think about this film, especially compared to, like, the other ones in the franchise makes this one a horror film?
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting, because I I feel a little silly talking about it, just because I've never seen this movie, but I, the perception I always had was that people thought of this as an action movie, not a horror movie, Mm -hmm. but I remember people saying when we did Predator, like, hey, you could do The Terminator and have a similar discussion, And I found a couple of definitions that I think would be on the side, land on the side of the Terminator as a horror movie. Okay. Uh, So David Trotter in his book, The Screenwriter's Bible, writes of the horror genre that the opposition is a monster or a monster like human or supernatural force. I would call the Terminator a monster like, Yeah. well, he's not even a monster like human, but I think he fits that definition. Yep. He says, this genre leans heavily on shock and surprise. Hmm. And then of action, he writes, these stories usually open with an exciting action sequence followed by some exposition. Although these can be suspenseful, the key to this genre is exciting action.
0: Exciting action.
1: Okay. Even though there's a lot of action in this movie, it is mostly, we'll discuss some elements of this movie in this convo, but we'll keep it spoiler free. A lot of the quote unquote action is just the Terminator killing people who are almost defenseless oh yeah so it's not like your typical action movie where there's gunfire exchange sure this movie has some of that or you know punch for punch or strategic oh i'm positioned over here and he's positioned over here Mm -hmm. yes this movie has those things but a lot of it is just arnold schwarzenegger being like michael myers basically like a yeah a, a nearly unstoppable killer right
0: right that's a good uh, delineation uh, of uh, that's probably the best delineation I've heard between action and horror. I, I think that makes sense. Like you don't have like the uh, the the excitement in in the action where like someone has an upper hand for a minute or something, or there's like a, oh you won this fight or someone else wins the other fight kind of dynamic. It, this is more kind of like just run 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 from a constant
1: threat. Exactly, man. That's actually you took the words right out of my mouth. Later, basically the paragraph below the quote I read from in that book. He quotes another guy's book, who I I didn't write that down, but that guy was saying, hey, the key to action scenes is good news, bad news. And I think we've talked about this on the pod before. Hmm. Like, hey, you've got the upper hand. Oh, nope, now you don't. Hey, you've got the weapon. Oh, he knocked it out of your hand. Like a Uh, constant back and forth, like you were just saying. Yeah. And this movie really doesn't have that much of that, except for maybe towards the conclusion. It's mostly, yeah, get the hell out of this guy's way. Right. And he is on the offensive the whole time.
0: Yep yep can't be stopped and yeah I I can see now uh, like Terminator 2 and uh, have you seen like the other installments I haven't
1: seen anything else aside from this and T2 oh okay
0: those uh, I feel like the action sequences there maybe you do get more of that like upper hand uh, bottom hand uh, dynamic (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) you
1: get a little bottom hand action in there when these two naked dudes show up in the past
0: yeah man you gotta put all those hands in place
1: Um, And then another definition I found that really kind of brings it home for for this specific movie to me. Jonathan Scott for Studio Binder writes, Horror can be interpreted in many different ways, but there is often a central villain, monster, or threat that is often a reflection of the fears being experienced by society at the time. And I think The Terminator is very much representative of fears of computers and technology. Yeah, early 80s. Which is funny because I I just talked about in a, a solo patreon episode that i did about uh the tcm franchise about how so much of horror is really a fear of technology and this this dovetails into that combo kind of nicely yeah
0: yeah i I love that aspect of this and that part like uh it's so funny because like this is the 80s and it's like fear of like a technology of that time but so much of it seems like relevant to like where we are like uh just like in 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 the last few years with ai coming up and like just over the weekend uh i think apple like launched their VR headset, right, or,
1: or the, those glasses? I, I keep seeing memes about memes about it. That's how <laughs> I, I learned that it happened.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, it's just uh, some of these things like uh, seem universal around this te- the fear of technology, and it, I don't feel like that ever goes away. So it's, it's cool yeah. to see it.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, also, you know, reviews at the time did call it a horror movie. Oh yeah, interesting but not every review but many of them did
0: yeah but but now like the tags are like sci-fi in action right
1: yeah it doesn't have a horror tag on imdb right but I, and i think even outside of those specific genre conventions and structure and themes there's little stuff too like there's machines running over piles of human skeletons Mm-hmm. The Terminator at one point is a skeletal robot with red glowing eyes. Like, yeah. a skeleton with red glowing eyes is the stuff of horror. Right. You know, there's the... I won't spoil some things, but towards the conclusion, there are a, a whole lot of movie, moments that are tropes from horror movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sarah Connor knows at a certain point that he's coming for her. It's very much like a final girl mm. knowing that the the killer is coming.
0: Yep. I agree, and and I think if you look at the inception of it, uh, I think James Cameron was like inspired by Halloween, and uh, I didn't realize this, but yeah, this is his second movie, and his first film was Prana 2, which square squarely horror, and then after this he does Aliens, which is also like sci-fi horror. So I think you're right. I think when it came out, this is definitely horror, but that's also interesting because uh, do you think a movie could come out today that's horror, but then the world changes enough? that like 10, 20 years from now, it's like, oh, well, actually, that's not horror. That's more just like sci-fi action. Like Do you think time plays a role in how horror movies are viewed, looking back?
1: Yeah, I, I definitely think it plays a role in how they're perceived and how they're categorized. It's funny. You, well, Ashwin just said this is... We haven't recorded in a month. Uh, we did a whole bunch of backlog work beforehand, but Ashwin went to India for a while. I went to Disney World, and we went to a a restaurant called, they they have there called the Sci-Fi Dine-In where you eat in a table that looks like an old uh, car from like the 50s or 60s and you watch movies play on the screen and it's old. It was kind of more intense than I expected. I, I probably wouldn't have taken the kids there had I known, but they showed clips of like 50s and 60s sci-fi horror. Oh, no way. That's and cool. it's funny because at the time, the intention, so many definitions of horror you'll see too, it's funny, if you see other genres defined, they, they talk more about st- plot structure, but oftentimes with horror, people just say something intended to horrify the audience. Oh, sure. <laughs> and so you watch these movies at the time, and some of them made my even my kids laugh. Like, oh. there was a giant spider monster, and the kids were laughing at it. Mm-hmm. But it was intended to horrify. Sure. Yeah, it totally missed the mark and it doesn't age well.
0: Yeah, right. But does
1: that mean it's no longer a horror movie? Right, right. It, it's an interesting discussion. And I think sometimes it's not really a hard science, you know? I Yeah. I don't think I can be stand here and be like, no, you can't call this an action movie because it is that as well. But. right. I do think it's probably closest to a horror movie if you had to pick one genre for it. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think the other thing that keeps me from like 100 agreeing with that is the usage of guns. Um, how many other horror movies have we seen, especially like lately, that uh, I, I just like? Uh, yeah, guns aren't necessarily like a weapon that you see used in, in horror films. So, uh, why, how do you square that
1: with the, that and the genre and, and, and that weapon? Yeah, that's a really great point and something I thought about as well. I think if the Terminator was going around killing people with a kitchen knife... There'd be no question about this, There'd be no question that this (laughs) was a horror movie, but since he uses guns, it's harder to call it a horror movie. And that was something else I was thinking about, too, was, wow, how much does the weaponry used in a movie define what genre it is. Like, right? Yeah. If it's swords, you know, like, oh, okay, it's probably like a sword and sorcery. Yeah. If it's fists and feet, okay, it's probably a martial arts movie. If it's guns, it's an action movie. <laughs> if it's uh, some force of nature, it's a disaster movie. Yeah. The weapons, like, define the genre. Right. That's if crazy. someone dies from it, it, like, I could tell you the body count and what the cause of death was, and you could tell me what the genre. Like, right. One person dies and is from cancer. Oh, okay. It's a drama <laughs> or a romance.
0: Right, right. Uh, nobody
1: exactly. dies. So it's a romance or a comedy. You know, yeah. it's... Uh, yeah,
0: that's wild yeah uh, uh, those things are so telling um it's also i, I find that interesting because they are so conditioned for, like with slashers which is maybe what someone might put on this uh yeah to be more about like the scare of someone running around with like a machete or a knife or something and guns like feel like more action even though if you look at our, our current environment that the world that we live in today like gun violence is is more scary and more realistic than someone like
1: going around with killing people with a knife right I mean, in the 80s and 90s, a, a lot of the movies reflected a fear of crime, specifically a fear of crime in the downtowns cities. of major cities. Yeah. But boy, I don't think that James Cameron could have predicted how scary the scene where the Terminator comes into a bar and starts shooting up, like
0: mm.
1: how that feels today compared to how it felt back then. Right, like, right. That is a real fear nowadays. That any time you're in a public place, you could just be shot. And right? I, yeah. I know people argue like, I say, "Hey, it's still really unlikely for that to happen," but it's more likely than it's ever been, pretty much, unless you're talking about the Wild West. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It seems like even that's gotten even more scary
0: and more real of a threat. And uh, yeah, I'm just surprised. Like modern day slashers like still focus on uh, like non guns and other weapons. When, like, yeah, in, in society we are seeing more deaths by guns.
1: Yeah, you know, I was, uh, this is a weird thing to feel happy about, but I was really happy in Terrifier when Art the Clown pulled out a gun, oh. because <laughs> it was like, yeah, they are fucking scary, and <laughs> yeah. he is a mean, like, bastard, mean spirit and scary as a slasher villain ever comes. It's right. perfect that he would use a gun. Yeah, yeah, that felt very appropriate. Yeah, and I don't mean to make this a political thing, but, like, that's Scary. <laughs> yeah. It's scary how many people are getting shot.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's reflective of today. I guess uh, slashers, uh, maybe with like knives and stuff. There's just more suspense or like more opportunities for gore potentially, and maybe movies just haven't figured out how to like uh, capture like the scariness of gun violence sometimes, uh, and like pull away from the action side of it.
1: Yeah, I mean it's so much a part of our culture, and we've taken it as something fairly lighthearted. Like it, I, I can't believe how many guns I saw. At Disney World, like on the uh, rides yeah. and in the imagery and in the cartoons. Like Muppets 3D had a whole bunch of gunfire in it. and Right. Uh, yeah, the guns are everywhere. It's just something yeah. we associated kind of with like an old Wild West type vibe. It, something we romanticize. I think it's partly because guns are weapons of war. Mm. And you can kind of die what's considered a noble death from guns. Yeah. But you can't die a noble death from a kitchen knife, you know? <laughs> that's, that's, that's a tragedy no matter how you look at it. Yeah, that's a good but point. But you can you can conjure up a story that there is glory involved in, in, in death gun from death. gunfire because of its association with war and battle and mm, yeah. fighting for a cause. I, I don't know. I, I got to thinking about that when we were in Disney. and
0: Yeah, I think you're right. It is viewed more legitimately as, as a weapon that people can use and, and less scary versus like a kitchen knife, which people don't think about. That's right. I mean, cops
1: things. have them. Like, It's a weapon that can be wielded by the force of good. True. Kind of. True. True. Yeah. No, if, you, <laughs> if you choose to believe cops <laughs> are the force of good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's another discussion there. Yeah. yeah no, no. Great, great points. And uh, I think, yeah, I, I was kind of on the fence watching it this time uh, about the horror genre. But I think you're right. At least for when it came out, uh, I think there's a strong case to be made that this is a horror film, uh, especially looking at Cameron's career at that point. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I buy that.
1: And his idea came from a fever dream he had when he was ill, like an image of a a mechanical torso, like climbing out of a fire or something. So I feel like if you take the definition of horror is intended to horrify, then that kind of fits that definition. It's just it fits too perfectly into too many different definitions of horror. Um, but at the same time, if someone was like, nah, the Terminator is an action movie, I, you know, yeah. I wouldn't put up a fight, but I, I do think it's a horror movie. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's, seems uh, fair. Uh, yeah. And we'll talk about it as we go through the plot. Like, I, I think there are like a lot of references to other horror films or things right. that are, that are parallel. Halloween.
1: Oh it, man. It's the most similar to Halloween <laughs> in my opinion.
0: I think you're right. Yep. Um, so yeah, speaking about Cameron, uh, yeah, it came from a dream he had and, uh, I, I didn't understand this. So he's sold the rights to this film for a dollar to uh, Gail Ann Hurd and in turn she got a writer's credit and uh, he secured his spot as the director. If he wrote the film and like the story here, why did he have to sell the rights to be a director?
1: Well, Gail Ann Hurd is also, this is the only real writing credit she has. She is more largely known as a producer. Mm. She's the founder of uh, what is now called Valhalla Entertainment Productions which produced this film and would go on to produce Aliens, Tremors, Armageddon, The Walking Dead TV series and all of its offshoots and many other films and, and TV shows. But he sold it to her for a dollar basically to be like, hey, like, find a distributor, Like, you're in the business of this, Like, get it up and running. And she was an associate of his from a past life working for, um, I can't remember the name of the company, but... They worked with, fuck, now I can't remember the name of the dude. He's kind of like a schlocky um, horror genre guy. Oh, Oh. Vincent Price? No, no. Uh uh, Roger Corman. Oh, okay. They both worked for him in the past. So he was basically like, okay, I'll sell this to you to get the ball rolling on it for a dollar. And in return, I want to make sure I direct it. Yeah. And had he sold it to another company, he may not have had that privilege of saying... I'm gonna direct I it. stipulate that I'm the director of this because the only other film he had to his name as a director was, Prana 2. Two, which was critically reviled. So
0: oh, was it? I didn't like your reviews. I, I kind of want to go uh, and see that, given that it's James Cameron.
1: Yeah, but, right. It would be interesting to check out. But yeah,
0: it's it's got pretty bad reviews. Ah, okay, okay, got it. So yeah, giving the rights away uh, for a dollar, then he, he kind of like yeah, ironed out himself being a director.
1: Yep, yeah, and then Galen heard, uh, she took the ball and ran with it and secured the distribution deal with Orion Pictures.
0: Got it, cool. And then, uh, yeah, interesting, uh, even for Schwarzenegger coming in on this pretty early in his career, and I feel like it kind of made made him a bit, I don't think like any of the films he'd done before this were that big of deals, uh, maybe Conan the Barbarian or Destroyer or whatever, but...
1: Yeah, he had done the Conan the Barbarian the year before, and that was his breakthrough, but I think this catapulted him even yeah. further into the stratosphere. Right, yeah, yeah,
0: so pretty impactful film for him and Cameron, I think. Um, let's see. Oh, the score is by Brad Fidel, uh, and I think it's become a pretty popular, like, I mean, it's a theme that goes throughout the whole franchise, I think. Uh, it's a pretty cool uh, synth score. Um, you know think more about that guy?
1: Yeah, he also scored Fright Night from 1985 and its 1988 sequel. He scored *West Craven's The Serpent and the Rainbow, hmm. scored Terminator 2 and True Lies, Among many other films and made-for-TV movies and such. Oh, cool. Man, we should do that uh, original Fright Night at some point. I can't believe we haven't done that movie. Honestly, there's a lot of vampire movies we haven't covered. Yeah. Uh, And speaking of James Cameron and Bill Paxton, uh, James Cameron's, is it Ex-Wife now? Oh. Catherine Bigelow. Yep. I can't remember if they're still married or not, but she so. directed *Near Dark*, starring Bill Paxton. Oh, and that's a vampire. And he's film? he's got a minor role in this. Yeah, a vampire movie we should cover. Bill Paxton was in this. Yeah, he was. Uh, so when Arnold is uh, appears as a naked dude, he uh, encounters a group of punks and asks for their clothes. Yeah. And Bill Paxton was one of those.
0: punks Oh wow! No way! Uh, I'll yeah. That. Check that out. That's crazy. Uh, cool. Well, uh, the film was a huge success, uh, $78 million on a budget of $6.4 million. Uh, as we mentioned, there have been five sequels.
1: Do you, do you know the years of those sequels? Yeah. Terminator 2 Judgment Day came out in 1991. Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines came out in 2003. Terminator Salvation in 2009. Terminator Genesis in 2015. Terminator Dark Fate 2019- And there was a TV series that ran from 2008 to 2009 called Terminator: The Sarah Connor Chronicles. Wow!
0: Yeah, that's 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 quite a run. And uh, you've only seen one and two, which I think most people would agree that like that's the best of of the franchise. It doesn't sound like anything else has kind of lived up
1: to the the heights that these two have achieved. Yeah, it sounds like everything else has gotten negative reviews. I'm curious about Dark Fate, though. Hmm. Yeah, I think just because I I think Cameron came back. Cause he wrote the story it was based on and didn't let the oh. Hamilton come back for that one, I think. Oh, cool. Yeah, probably. Uh, nice. Yeah. It, it's a, it's a cool concept
0: and, uh, yeah, kind of crazy how, how they've like dragged it out, uh, for so many years. Um, like dark fate. That was like, that wasn't too long ago, right? That was like within the last 10 years, maybe.
1: Yeah. Five years ago.
0: Five years. Okay. Got it. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, rotten tomato score hundred percent, which is crazy and 89% by the audience, so pretty high up
1: there. Um, What else? You got any other background on this film you want to review? Won Saturn Awards for Best Sci-Fi Film. They called it Sci-Fi instead of Horror. Mm. Uh, Best Makeup and Best Writing. It also won Saturn Awards for uh, notable crew member Stan Winston was the lead behind the Terminator effects. He's an Academy Award-winning special effects makeup artist who's worked on dozens of films, including The Thing, Aliens, Terminator 2, Predator in Jurassic Park. T2 won him two Oscars for Best Makeup and Best Visual Effects. I think he has two more Oscars on top of those. Wow. Uh, Yeah, Adam Greenberg shot the film, and he was Oscar-nominated for his work on the sequel, Terminator 2. Uh, He also shot Near Dark that we were just talking about. Um, Let's see. I don't know that I have anything else. Oh, I think we'd be remiss not to mention the little nugget that O.J. Simpson was supposedly... (laughs) Considered for the role of the Terminator, but James James Cameron couldn't picture him as a cold-blooded killer.
0: Yeah, most of the world can't. <laughs> that's a <laughs> lot for debate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man.
1: That's, yeah, that's that kind of hilarious.
0: And I think the other thing that was really funny was uh, Schwarzenegger was uh, originally supposed to be cast as the good guy in this one, as Kyle Reese. Which, right. Uh,
1: yeah, man, that would have been a, such a different film. It, it certainly would have man I gotta say Schwarzenegger crushed it as the villain yeah he's, yeah. he's scary
0: yeah yeah he did a really great job here Um, any anything
1: else no I, I want I think I'm ready for the Ohio connection if you are yeah let's do it also you know I don't know if it's a function of being in Rusty or just a rich combo about horror but 28 minutes is longer than we normally go by the time we get to the Ohio Connection.
0: I know. I know this is gonna,
1: we're out of control here. I know. Uh, we're. I think that tandem bike went down a hill and we yeah. can't stop it. I know. Okay. Look out, everyone. Our uh, just two naked dudes going out of control yeah. on a tandem bike. Can't figure out how to hit the brake. So. Our Ohio connection, as always, comes from our friend Alex, who owns the Jukebox Bar and Restaurant in Cleveland, Ohio. He connects every movie we watch to our home state of Ohio for us. And Alex says, The Terminator is a science fiction action film directed by James Cameron and starring Arnold Schwarzenegger about a cybernetic assassin sent back in time to kill Sarah Connor, whose unborn son will one day save mankind from extinction. Arnold Schwarzenegger is, among other things, a world-famous actor, cultural icon, politician, and former professional bodybuilder. He began lifting weights at the age of 15 and won the Mr. Universe title at age 20. He is widely regarded as one of the greatest bodybuilders of all time. In 1970, he won the first of six consecutive Mr. Olympia titles, along with the AAU Mr. World competition, which was hosted in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah, thanks, Alex. And by the way, while we're thanking people... I forgot Patreon shoutouts. Uh, these have been accumulating for a little while. So thank you to Mikey, McKenna G, Kieran E, Aaron C, Lajdida, hope I pronounced that right, Julian D, Sussy, Steve C, Alex, Slasherton, Jake, Scarlett M, Trevelyn, Ms. Dangerously, and Janalee S. A lot of international folks on the Patreon at this that, time. So that's awesome. That's cool to see.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, thanks a lot, everyone. And uh, if you haven't signed up for Patreon, uh, while I was in India, I, I got a chance to listen to Brian's latest episode, which is a solo rant on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise, which really nice job, man. That, that, was, that was really awesome to hear. You should start a podcast someday. Oh, thank just, you, man. Just do some yeah. solo rants. On, I'm glad on I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, yeah. highly, highly recommend it for uh, the ex- existing uh, Patreon members and anyone
1: else who wants to catch up on that franchise those franchise things i do every once in a while are a lot of fun but man they they take a lot out of me it's hard to just talk for 45 minutes <laughs> nah, yeah yeah it's, it's great to hear uh, good good format thanks buddy awesome well yeah
0: thanks for the oh how connection alex uh anything else or should we jump into the plot
1: and the review after 30 minutes i think it's time to get into the plot yeah we probably should at this point all right
0: uh well hey oh shoot before we do i just heard my dough ball ring can i uh give you a call back Yeah, sure. You better go get it. Great. Yeah, I'm going to go check it. I'll be right back. (music) Hey, Brian. Sorry, I'm back.
1: Yeah, Uh, who's at the door?
0: uh, I got some bad news for you. It It was a naked dude. Uh, that, that, okay. part, that part wasn't too bad, but uh, <laughs> he claimed he was from the future, and apparently, like 10 years from now, that spreadsheet that you've created, the horror movie club Nerd New Bomber, Bomber that, that thing that tracks how people uh, are, are tracking against uh, their horror movie credit, uh, it, that, that spreadsheet becomes sentient in the future and has destroyed all horror discourse. By constantly <laughs> dropping references to obscure films that no one cares to see, and it's always mentioning that book that uh, men, women, and chainsaws. So ten years from now, all horror movie uh, discourse has been shut down thanks to your uh, spreadsheet there. Uh, so anyway, I convinced him that I was I was on newbie and and that it wasn't me, it was you. So you got impressive. Like, yeah.
1: <laughs> so he's going through the phone book looking for Brian Basessi. Yeah, yeah. I think he got like six, seven hours before he's up to you. There's a six semi-famous eight. guitarist. And I think like a guy who used to be a high up at J.P. Morgan and Chase, and maybe still is. But then, I may be the third most prominent Brian Bessey.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs>
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> Glad he got some coverage there. Damn. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll keep an eye on those guys.
0: Yeah. Uh, I guess that's the benefit of having a name like Brian or Brendan or Brandon versus Ashwin. <laughs> he,
1: he you don't know some... <laughs> how much I branched out by being friends with you.
0: I know. You really broke the alphabet on that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I'm missing that kind of uh, insulation on, on the phone book. I don't feel like there are too many Ashwins out there kind of uh, exposed
1: here. I mean, yeah, you're in the wrong country if you're looking for protection.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. For a cushion.
1: Yeah, yeah. Good reason to get out of here. All right. (laughs) Uh,
0: So this movie uh, opens with a quick scene from the future, which is 2029, which is pretty close to where we are today. Uh, And we see these machines that are going around shooting lasers in this war zone and like bones, uh, people's bones on the ground being run over. So like the world is just kind of, it's it's an apocalypse basically. Yeah. So then we jump to present-day Los Angeles, where there's like a freak lightning storm that causes two naked people to show up separately, and they both obtain clothing from people on the streets. One of these guys, Arnold Schwarzenegger, he looks into a phone book and he finds the listings for Sarah Connor, of which there are three of them, and he goes and buys some guns, and after murdering the store owner, he starts showing up at the houses of these Sarah Connors and killing them. Uh, meanwhile, we meet our main character, who is the third Sarah Connor. She's a waitress at a local restaurant, and she's starting to get a little nervous about all these Sarah Connors that are dying around here. Uh, what did you think of this uh, opening and, and the setup of the film?
1: Um, I, for the most part, liked it. It's uh, There's some parts that don't age quite as well. There's also a lot of tropes that I just feel like we've seen so much since the 80s that they kind of date this movie a little bit. Um Generic lightning never looks super great. Uh, Also, poor Dick Miller, who is the guy who gets killed in the gun shop, also gets killed with some generic lightning in Chopping Mall, which is another movie about robots that that become sentient and and start killing people. Oh uh, yeah, is that... that one's? No one questions whether or not that horror is horror, even though it's not <laughs> scary at all. That's true. What is is that late eighties? Uh, was that before this? Uh, I want to say that's eighty six. Okay, but I'm not totally sure. Okay. Um, yeah, but I, I think some of these uh, some of these moments are kind of disturbing. When he's they're not particularly gory, but he finds these Sarah Connors that are not the the third Sarah Connor and shoots them point-blank in their, like, homes and stuff. It's kind of yeah, disturbing.
0: It is. And, like, you have, like, that suburban uh, setting where, like, this uh, ki- killer just shows up. Uh, that that felt, like, very, like, Halloween, like, uh, yeah. just in broad daylight in, like, these idyllic neighborhoods just showing up with this car and killing
1: people. Just a brazen, unstoppable killer. One yeah. fun movie trope is whenever something happens, like you know, the lightning and these naked dudes appear on these back alleys. Uh-huh. There's always some, like, blue-collar guy or homeless <laughs> person who sees it and is like,
0: well, isn't that the <laughs> damnedest thing? <Yeah. laughs> <Or> like, <laughs> Can't believe these a, times. Yeah, some, yeah exactly. Yeah. Some quote about the times
1: or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, it's like a, it never fails. Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoy that bit of these films. But,
0: yeah, it's it's so hard to, to see these with fresh eyes because that's become, like, such a... Uh, a, a trope at this point. Uh, sure, I I did think the the opening uh scene of like the future and the violence there it didn't look too dated to me effect wise. Did you think it, it looked like terrible?
1: No, it looks really good. There's the problem with this movie. Uh, you know, I say the problem, but it it looked good for when it was, and it it still looks really good. Mm-hmm. I think there are some stop motion effects that are intercut with know real mechanical whole it, very good practical effects and it just kind of they look bad by comparison Ah, uh, sure so like evil dead has so many stop motion effects that it just becomes part of the movie yeah but later on especially in the third act there's some stop motion that's interspersed with some you know very good mechanical puppetry and it's just like yeah sticks out like sticks a sore thumb
0: yeah i know that e- even with uh yeah anytime we see stop motion i always wonder like how that Fit films back then, like it, because now, like, it it always just looks terrible, like, so goofy and silly. But uh, yeah,
1: unfortunately, it does. I I appreciate it, though. Um, Yeah. I do think the best effects are as practical as far as you can go, and then using a computer assist when you you need it. Sure, sure. Yeah, that's the best. And this movie, you know, didn't have that. T2 would, but
0: yeah, right, right. This is all practical Uh, in stop motion. Um, yeah, I I thought the uh, the theme song was really cool too. With the opening, we we, we get that uh, great synth work from uh, was it Brad? I think it's Brendan or
1: Brandon. Yeah, yeah, Brad.
0: Yeah. Uh, I also this time noticed that if you pause at the right moments when uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is walking towards that group, you can see some uh, some things. Did you notice oh, that?
1: <laughs> okay, no, I didn't notice that. Yeah,
0: I don't think I noticed that as a kid, but this time I, I, I try to pay attention and yeah, there's some shadow movement. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, um, the way they both arrive—is uh, there um, both the testicles? You mean? Yeah, <laughs> both the testicles arrive <laughs> at probably the same time. <laughs> uh, I, I I just think essentially, like he kind of shows up. Uh, like I, I think there's a really interesting kind of uh, difference in the way like Cal Reese like that the human shows up versus Arnold Schwarzenegger shows up, and like uh, just like off the bat, like their their actions are like so different. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, the way he approaches that group and, like, what he does with his eyes and the dialogue, just very robotic and, and, like, alienish, versus, like, the other guy's, like, a lot more human in his interactions.
1: Right. There's a certain vulnerability to Michael Bean, which works really well for this role. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. I wonder, as the first time
0: watching this, you don't know that Arnold Schwarzenegger is a machine, right? Or a
1: cyborg or whatever. I mean, I guess that's hard not to know. I, I mean, I've seen, seen T2 and... Yeah. yeah, seeing so much imagery from these films that yeah, I do know that.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean we, now, but we yeah, know that, in
1: 1984, but, sure. Yeah, you're not aware that that's not a human,
0: right? Right. Which uh, it's really interesting because uh, yeah, I wonder at one point in the film. I, I guess like later you find out like when it's explained, but yeah, it, it's kind of a mysterious thing at this point. Sure. Um, and then I, I think we get like the tropey, like the city is like very dirty and gritty and crime ridden, a lot of police everywhere. Yeah. Yep. yep. Okay. Cool. So yeah, uh, interesting enough opening. And then we jump to, uh, yeah, so Sarah, who's like freaking out because all these other Sarahs are Sarah Connors, people with her name are dying. She ends up at a nightclub where she's planning to rendezvous with the police who are going to take her under protection. But before the police get there, Arnold Schwarzenegger shows up and uh, tries to kill her. But he's interrupted by the other guy from the future who takes down Arnold Schwarzenegger with a shotgun and he helps Sarah escape. This guy, whose name is Cal Reese, explains to Sarah that he's a soldier from the future and he's been sent back in time to protect her from Arnold Schwarzenegger, who's a Terminator, and is trying to kill her. The reason the Terminator is trying to kill Sarah is because in the future, robots or machines or whatever take over the world and begin wiping out humans, but Sarah's future son, John Connor, helps form the human resistance so that the machine so oh yeah and, and, and because of this the machines have decided to send a terminator back in time to kill sarah so that john is never born uh sarah struggles to buy all this but after the terminator chases them a little bit more her and kyle reese are taken into police custody where a psychologist confirms for her that kyle is probably unwell mentally uh would you think like I, this is a pretty long uh action sequence and like a, a chase scene but uh what would you
1: think I liked it. I mean, it's creepy when he starts coming into places and shooting them up and it's an interesting psychological mind state for Sarah Connor to be in. She's hearing these stories on the news that weirdly two women named Sarah Connor were killed in seemingly unrelated murders, but maybe they are related. And this vague feeling of, Hey, whatever this is, is probably coming for me. Then she meets somebody who's like, yeah, it is. And here's why. Mm -hmm. Then she's got the cops who are like, "Nah, this dude's crazy." Uh, So it's kind of cool, cool character dynamics there.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Headphone. I, I think it would have been so cool uh, if, like, I know there's like a whole franchise that's built off this film, but what if these were just like two crazy people uh, from like modern day who weren't from the future and just like living in this delusion and like hunting her down? Like that would have been pretty scary and messed
1: up, right? (laughs) They're both just. Living the same delusion, <laughs>
0: yeah. Like if what if you and I like started like chasing someone on the street and like talking, like oh that dude's from the future He's trying to kill you, but I'm also from the future and, and, and like we just like lost our minds like that.
1: <laughs> just a collective delusion. Yeah, yeah, I like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, that could have been a whole different movie, which which would have been wild. But yeah, Sarah's obviously in a state of shock here. I think the action sequences are pretty cool too. Like, uh, and they're like stretched out pretty long. It's like the nightclub scene is really cool. Like the way he shows up and even, like, the night club, it's called, like, something, like, tech... uh, Tech Noir. Yeah, Tech Noir, and he's, like, standing in front of that sign, and it looks really cool. Yeah. And then there's, like, a car chase sequence. There's, like, a garage sequence. Uh, There's just, like, so much, like, going on here, and it's, like, a long chase, which I think goes back to your earlier point about, like, how uh, it's just this constant, like, dread that's, like, chasing them that they're trying to escape, and
1: uh, kind of similar to, like, a horror film. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they are, like, action scenes and sequences, but... There, you're right. Like you said, there's not so much good news, bad news. It's just run. all bad news, and you've got to run from the bad news. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it all looks really good. There's a certain uh, aesthetic and texture of the movie that I think, like, is James Cameron's direction and the cinematography from Adam Greenberg. It's just yeah, it, and they. John Carpenter was an inspiration. It it has a Carpenter esque vibe. It too. does.
0: It does. I feel like there's a, a grittiness to some of it, especially like the police station, like the, the guys that was smoking and stuff and uh, drinking coffee with a cigarette in it and stuff. And like everyone's like really tired and L.A. like feels very gritty. So uh, I, do, do you think that was like kind of uh, taken
1: from John Carpenter a little bit? A little bit, but I also just feel like a lot of 80s movies were really gritty. <laughs> like, uh, sure. There was a lot of stuff that kind of was noir-ish mm. back then. But at the same time, if I think about Die Hard, which shit, was that the 90s? Oh, man. The first
0: one I thought was late 80s, maybe.
1: I don't know. Uh, Yeah, it might be. It might be like 88. That Mm -hmm. has like a lot more polish to it. You know, like there's a certain grittiness, but it doesn't have this like scuzzy dystopian feel. And I do think a lot of that comes, that is very much a Carpenter vibe. Carpenter
0: vibe, yeah, that makes sense. Because, like, Alien, which would have been a few years before this, I feel like it has a more polished feel than, like, L.A. here in the 1980s.
1: Right, sure, sure.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, But, yeah, I I think it adds a really cool atmosphere to this film. Yeah, indeed. Uh, The Terminator, who uh, got a little bit messed up from crashing a car, uh, goes, and I think you get a great horror sequence here, where he, like, goes into this apartment and, like, pulls his eye out, and he like puts these glasses on um it looked like he almost looked like michael myers there
1: didn't he he did a little bit yeah the uh they're kind of uh it's like an animatronic schwarzenegger for certain shots that does look like michael myers and he's kind of got an open wound at his forearm that he's digging around in oh yeah when we come back to intention i do believe that scene is meant to horrify the audience? Yeah,
0: yeah, that one definitely. I, I think that stuck with me as a kid. Like, that's a gross scene, sure, uh, and, and pretty gross visual. Um, but now the Terminator d- puts on some cool shades and he attacks the police station, killing all the police officers. Uh, Kyle and Sarah barely escape. They head to a remote hotel, and after a brief—is it a rumble in the sheets or a toss in the hay? What do you what do you call it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, shit. I think we need to edit out some <laughs>
0: <laughs> What do you call that these days? <laughs> oh, oh, man.
1: Oh. A uh,
0: rumble in the sheets? Yeah.
1: Is that not, You never oh, use that before? Man. Uh, no, I've All never right. heard that one. How
0: about <laughs> after some, like, Netflix and chillin' Or something?
1: Oh yeah, that one I was clueless on. Uh, Yeah, Um,
0: you were. You're late to the party.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I really thought that just meant what it sounded like. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think it is it a toss in the hay or a roll in the hay?
0: a roll in the hay. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's what they do. Uh, Kyle and Sarah. And then, uh, yeah, basically, yeah, this was really weird. Kyle was like, oh, I've had your picture. On, your your son in the future gave me your picture, and it's like all I've ever known. Uh, basically implying, I think he was implying that, like, he gets off to her picture, right?
1: Uh, <laughs> in the future? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I'd go so far as to say that, but... Oh. Yeah, I mean, it's meant to be romantic. It's like these big sweeping statements that are kind of cheesy, actually, if you ask me. He says, I came across time for you, Sarah. I love you. I always have. Yeah. And and before that, she says to him, the women in your time, (laughs) what are they like? (laughs) There's some dialogue here, and it's just kind of cringy. There is. Um, I think this, didn't the studio kind of force this angle in? They said they wanted more romance out of these two characters. So I don't know how much of it existed before then, but yeah, that Cameron may not entirely be to blame for that. There may have been some pushback. Okay. Okay. Um, But there's also some, there's some good dialogue mixed in to the movie too, but there's also some dialogue that's either a bit groan inducing or just underwhelming. Yeah. Um, Like there's a scene where she says like, do I look like the mother of the future, which. Right you know, a decent line that we're missing a little bit of character development on her just because things happen so fast. So Sure, right. Yeah, uh, we see how she feels about herself. And then there's a line where she is, there's a trope of her romantically tending to his wound. Mm -hmm. And he said, it's a good field dressing. And she goes, do you like it? It's my first, which I thought was kind of like a, you know, precious and a a note of the things to come in oh yeah yeah uh yeah like portentous and uh yeah like foreshadowing of of sarah connor's future
0: yeah i like that that part of the movie like how it's like kind of building up like yeah we know who she is today uh but she's like kind of being uh she's up against this ideology of who she's supposed to be in the future and we're kind of like seeing that uh play out in like the little ways potentially right it's it's cool uh but yeah the the dialogue uh, is a little mixed here the, so the Terminator comes for them in the hotel and this time, uh, chases them with a truck. Kyle uses a homemade pipe bomb to explode the truck. Um, however, out of the ashes, the Terminator arises and this time the skin is gone and it's all, uh, the metallic skeletal form. And I think this is where we get, was it stop motion here in the way? Like it's like kind of limping towards them.
1: Yeah. When you see him like from the waist up or something, it's, uh. You know, a real mechanical animatronic, and it looks amazing. Mm-hmm. But if you see the full body, it's uh, stop motion, and it uh, it just doesn't look quite as good. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Kind of. Pulls I mean, you out it, of it looks like a different uh, different movie. Almost. Yeah. So it, it kind of takes you out of it.
0: It does. It does. Yeah, that part's unfortunate.
1: Uh, Man, but- Michael Myers is really channeled when Arnold is walking through that fire after oh. the truck explodes like oh, that, yeah that struck me as a michael myers moment
0: sure like covered in fire
1: yeah mm-hmm. yep and you know what was creepy was when she was talking to her mom and confided in her mom where they were staying like the hotel room and then as you hear the mom's voice they're panning across the mom's cabin and it's like riddled with bullet holes and it's the terminator speaking in her mom's voice that was really that, cool that was creepy. I would, I would call that a shock and or surprise.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I feel like a lot of the Terminator kills uh had that like shock and surprise element. Even when uh he shows up uh, at Sarah Connor's uh, apartment and takes out the roommates, uh that reminded me very much of like Halloween with like a, a couple like getting attacked in, right. in a house uh, a little bit right. as well. Especially like
1: post-coitus <laughs> yeah, death <exactly>. scene, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, very much a slasher final girl dynamic of my friends were murdered, and I know he's coming for me next. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. There's, there's a lot here that points to the
0: slasher. Sure. Um, so, yeah, now it's the metallic skeletal form of the Terminator, and it chases Kyle and Sarah into this machinery factory, which I can't understand the premise of this factory. It's just like a bunch of high-tech machine wizardry for its time in like one place.
1: That's another trope that's just like, who who knows? Somehow... The characters always end up in a warehouse or factory in the third act, Yeah, and the main character knows exactly how the warehouse <laughs> works, <laughs> how works and what, yeah. what button to push at the right
0: time. <laughs> Thank God. Maybe she like read, read the manual on the way in or something. Right. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Uh, but uh, yeah, they battle again with the Terminator, and Kyle gets uh, a pipe bomb into the Terminator and manages to explode the Terminator in half, but this also kills Kyle. Uh, unfortunately the top half of the terminator continues to chase sarah and she's like dragging herself away too so it's like this dragging chase but she's able to finally stop uh the terminator by crushing it in some kind of hydraulic press machine which uh smashes it uh and uh terminates it uh what'd you think uh of, of like this whole sequence
1: i thought it was cool it was a g- cool conclusion yeah it's uh something we've seen before that that third act in the factory and pushing the button that kills the baddie but it was still really cool and yeah even though some of those stop motion scenes take you out of it the terminator looks incredible when he's just kind of that mechanical animatronic type thing it looks really really good like it couldn't it literally could not look better Right, right. It's a pretty scary uh, visual.
0: Like It's the, a it's, scary design. It's, it's a, very skeletal. Yeah, exactly. Pretty pretty scary to see that. And uh, yeah, I, I think the whole truck sequence was, was a lot of fun as well uh, yeah. and, and like scary. And just constantly had like that uh, non-stop uh, aspect of like the way he was chasing them and hunting them down, which uh, I like that. These felt like very long action sequences of
1: them just kind of running. And just almost... Um like pointless to like futile in a way like he just cannot be killed he keeps coming back right the they think he's dead and then a torso comes back to life and chasing her which is something straight from a horror movie exactly uh it's cool The, the relentlessness of him is something that really makes the movie pop and it's freaky he's yeah. scary he's scary as this villain and the robot is scary too. it is yeah
0: yeah exactly yeah i think it's also uh yeah when you I, there's so many like parallels between uh, the terminator and, and michael myers like they're just um it's like they won't stop uh there's like no like logic coming in the way it's just like so like a sole focus on like just kill this person it also reminds me of like uh it follows where like isn't that kind of like the mentality of like the possessed entities there as well Right. That the only goal
1: is to get to you, and they nothing distracts them from that. Exactly, They're just gonna keep coming and coming and coming.
0: Yeah, yeah, really interesting. Um, yeah, I guess Friday the Thirteenth has a bit of that as well. Um, so then we jump now a few months into the future, and we find Sarah, who is driving through Mexico. She is pregnant from her time in the hay with Kyle. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, she yeah has a conversation with some people uh, and is basically ready to embrace this oncoming storm, which is a metaphor. Uh, it's also revealed here, and, and this is uh, bizarre, but um, sh- so John Connor, in the future, her son sent back Kyle to save her, but Kyle's also his father. So that's, that's kind of a, that messes with you, right? It breaks like the space time continuum or something.
1: Yeah. I mean, it kind of doesn't, it's kind of a paradox of time travel, but I think it could make sense if you just reason out, it's a different John Connor that sent him back. So like in the next timeline, she will have a son. It'll be named John Connor it will be trained to be you know a militaristic yeah. fighter but it will have a he will have a different father it will be a different person oh interesting that's your read on it i mean i think that's the only way it's possible otherwise it creates a a circular reference a, a loop yeah it doesn't make sense he couldn't be his father in the timeline that he came from
0: yeah but but she's telling future john cuz she's like recording a tape and she's like, oh, I don't know if I should tell you who your father is, because then uh, it might sway your decision to send him back or not. So it kind of implies that, like, in, in this timeline or whatever, uh, John is going to send Kyle back again.
1: Or, like, th- this is going to happen again, right? Yeah, I mean, that she might think that, but I don't think he has to anymore in that timeline. He's created a different future. Yeah. Um interesting. So yeah, it, it is weird to think about the time travel stuff. It just kind of breaks your brain and doesn't even It does make sense. But Yeah. I feel like
0: uh what you're saying is more uh like I see that more as like kind of the Marvel universe where like they have these yeah. like different universes uh of like different things. What do you call it? is that what you call them dimensions or whatever? We're Like uh, like alternate timelines, kind of. Yeah, yeah. We're like Spider-Man is this way in one and a different way in the-, the multiverse. multiverse I, f- I feel like that's yeah. what you're, de- you're describing. Uh, like that, yeah, movie. But, uh, yeah, to me it just felt like a very circular kind of thing. Like, uh, like you created your dad and then he created you and, and that kind of thing. It's, it's, it's kind of weird.
1: Right, yeah. So it, it would be weird to send him back. And, like, he gives him that picture, too. So he's yeah. like, it's almost like he knows, like, I might have a different dad when when this is
0: all over. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess this goes to everyone's philosophy of, of time travel and how that all
1: works. Maybe he's got some, like, genetic issues that he wants corrected. And if, if Reese is his dad. <laughs> yeah. The only wants- thing from keeping him keeping him from being a better leader of the resistance is like crippling diarrhea <laughs> and he's like "Reese, how's it's, your digestive system it's hereditary Good? yeah <laughs> check out this picture of my mom
0: yeah yeah let's exactly. should go back in time yeah yeah. sex
1: with her and <laughs> Clear my issues right
0: now. Oh, that's a great fix. Yeah, that's awesome. He wakes up the next day and like he's got, his diarrhea's
1: gone. <laughs> exactly. Anybody guess, with chronic diarrhea who's listening, yeah. you can take that idea to the bank. Yeah. Nice, nice. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I, did, I, I think it's actually, I, I think it is a circle logic. I, I think uh, in the future, John knows that like uh i i think this this goes to this the the idea that like time is like circular and whatever and it just repeats itself and uh like um john knowingly sent his dad back in time to to create him and to do uh, do do
1: his mom uh, but how could a john have ever existed in that timeline if kyle would have had to have kyle reese would have had to have gone back before yeah
0: because time is, is circular it's not like a straight line right uh, so the what's happened is always happening or it has happened or, or, or something, or maybe it's a ball. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's one of those movies. <laughs> it's just a time ball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, that, that, that's what I think. But then, yeah, he is going back to change the future. So that does imply there's changes possible. Right. Um, I do feel like in future movies though, eh, I don't want to spoil future movies. Are, are you going to watch the other Terminator movies potentially? Uh, yeah, maybe. Okay. And other people listening might. Sure. All right.
1: Cool. Uh so yeah, what, what'd you think of this film? I really like it. It has some things in it that keep me from loving it. <clears throat> you know, similar to Halloween, I, I it, it's a thing I love about Halloween, but also keeps me from like giving Halloween a five out of five, is that it's so simple. Like it's just very basic. Like this person's trying to kill you. And that's the whole movie. There aren't that many complications or extenuating circumstances. There's not really a plot, a plot and a B plot. It's, it's just, it is what it is. And I think that's a strength because it can just kind of be the engine that drives the movie forward on this relentless cat and mouse game. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it just makes things a little less rich. So it's harder for me to fall in love with the movie yeah. Uh what did you think of it? And what have you thought of it? You know, was it always w- well regarded in your mind and how did you feel this time?
0: Uh I mean, I feel like I've always uh thought T2 was like the the stronger ND because like uh it does maybe create a more interesting storyline uh by like yeah, there's this you have like more terminators and stuff and and more kind of relationships at play. So I hear a point about like the lack of complexity uh keeping it, you know, too tight. But I think now, after like the years of horror films that we've been watching, I've come to appreciate like a good horror film that keeps it simple. And I, I feel like in the last month, was it in the last month or the last two months, we've talked about like some really complicated horror films, like The Empty Man and what uh, was it? Was it the Changeling?
1: Uh yeah 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 but yeah those are two where we were just like we I think we know too much
0: yeah exactly so so yeah I I think you're right there, there's a balance there and I, but I think what I like about like Halloween and this film is like they are so focused and it keeps you so grounded um, I I do think maybe uh, when you have a film that's like so minimal plot wise and like so focused then it does put more yeah you, you have to make up for that right in like some other area so did did you feel like there was something that uh like was there like great characters or action sequences or something that made the film more interesting
1: despite like a very simple plot? I think maybe that's what ultimately keeps me from absolutely loving it is that yes, it's simple, but there's not the, that thing that like makes up for it. I don't have the connection to the characters that I would like to have. And that's something that I often find with Carpenter as well, who was an inspiration for this movie. Mm-hmm. I think Linda Hamilton's performance is just okay Like I don't know if it's the way she's directed or not I think she's a lot better in T2 uh, I think Michael Bean and Arnold Schwarzenegger on, honestly Arnold's performance takes the cake he was it the does. best yeah. in the movie he was awesome I just had trouble connecting to the characters enough to really like sink my teeth into the movie it, it that gritty vibe of it is awesome and that's what the movie should feel like and I would never want to take that away from it but there's also like a certain cold detachment that comes with that too. I don't know if it's because of that aesthetic or just because of the way the characters are written and that some of the dialogue isn't that great. By the way, one of the quotes towards the end as she's uh, narrating a diary to John is uh, she's Speaking of Kyle, and she says, "In the few hours we had together, we loved a lifetime's worth." And that's you like just that like, one? Oof, <laughs> that's a little painful. Yeah, you're gonna conceal that for, uh, for for Valentine's Day. This year. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <She'd laughs> be like, what few hours? <laughs> yeah, I <be> spent <laughs> way too much time with you. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think that's just the the limits for me. Things that keep me from loving it are. The dialogue isn't always great, and I just don't have as much connection to the characters as I would like. Yeah, the plot is missing complexities, but like you said, that's not necessarily a bad thing. And the more I watch Halloween, the more I like it. I think sometimes a a very simple, efficient movie like that is... It's a strength in its own, and you just have to get over the fact that this is what the movie is. That's all it wants to be.
0: Yeah, yeah, maybe on rewatch it, the, those have stronger value. I think I felt that way the first time I saw Halloween too like, oh, that's it. Uh, right. But then, like, yeah, you, you watch those things a few times and uh, you start diving into the other elements of it potentially. Sure uh yeah but i i think that's a fair critique i also think i i don't know if this is related uh to the characters uh but that, i that whole like love interest angle um it i i didn't feel like it was necessary even that like last scene of her like in mexico that felt like very unnecessary I, I wasn't really on board with like her and kyle's relationship which uh i get it like now it's like critical that they did what they did because john wouldn't exist but um i i feel like the movie could have done without it what, what do you think
1: I don't know. I like the angle that Kyle is John's dad. I feel like the movie would have been really, really basic if that if they didn't <laughs> have that angle. Yeah, um, I liked it. I just wish some of the dialogue around it would have worked a little bit better. Sure, I think they had decent chemistry. I just yeah, the the way some of those scenes were executed, it does maybe have the feel of, hey. The studio gave pushback. He went back and did some rewrites, and yeah. it got a little cheesy in the process. <laughs> yeah, they crammed something in there.
0: Uh, yeah, that, that, th- that, makes sense. Um, the, uh, the, when you talk about their chemistry, I feel like they're, it, t- it took me a while to get on board with them. Uh, cause obviously when they first meet, it's like in, in this panic of, of like a rush of like escaping that nightclub and he's like pretty aggressive with her. Um, and like, yeah, within like 20, 25 minutes, I, I couldn't tell if like when they got to the police station, was she like on board with him at that point or was she still like kind of on the fence?
1: Like, yeah, this guy might be a lunatic potentially. I think she was a little on the fence and then as she saw like, okay, all the cops are dead and this guy's broken free from his cell and he's like chosen to come to me and find me and get me out of here like this is the person this is- I need to trust
0: <laughs> yeah, sure and sure. like
1: if no if all of these cops couldn't take this guy down, like something is up this yeah. isn't just. A random dude. Sure, sure. Yeah, I guess that was like a turning point
0: in their relationship,
1: <laughs> seeing all the
0: <my> cops <laughs> taken out. Uh, so yeah, that, that's fair critique. Uh, what do you think Like works really well in this film?
1: I think the cinematography and production design is just kind of out of this world. It does strike me as very similar to John Carpenter and the films he did specifically with Dean Cundey as the cinematographer, just has this grittiness and texture it's so basic in so many ways, but it's just really evocative and puts you into the place. Like you can almost feel and smell the scene, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Uh, it, it's weird because it's like simultaneously kind of stripped down and basic, but it's also just you feel like you're there. It's a it's world building without trying overtly hard to craft a world. Kind right. Of.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, they do a really good job of, of of making you feel like you're in L.A. in the '80s,
1: and yeah. it's kind of gritty and gross. How, how about you? What were some standout elements?
0: Uh, yeah, I, I I thought the action sequences really cool, and and some of those set designs I think to your your point were done really well, and like great shots of like Arnold, and yeah, his acting as, uh, uh, as was he a, I guess he was a cyborg or machine or whatever half man half machine thing was really cool. Thought the practical effects, except for the stop motion, uh, all were like pretty cool. Uh, like, like the gore looked good when, uh, he was cutting himself up. Um, yeah. and then, I, you know, I, I thought they really cleverly had a lot of, like, subtle nods, uh, about, like, technology throughout the film. Like, you know, there's, on one hand, like, there's him as a Terminator technology trying to kill people, but then, like, he would, like, call the answering machine and be like, oh, it's just the answering machine that, that also needs love, or, um... The, yeah, they would like points like modern day machinery and uh, like make comments about it, which I, I thought was a like, kind of smart uh, way of like tying this future like uh, apocalypse to like uh, people's current relationship with technology.
1: Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah, it does say like the machine, the machine needs love, too. Yeah, right. That's uh, very interesting. They say
0: that and then like there's scenes like where they're watching like some construction machines like uh, in, in, in present day and stuff, which yeah, I, I just thought it was a cool tie. To, like, the, the modern-day machinery.
1: Sure. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, you mentioned gore back there. One thing that struck me, and maybe as part of the reason this isn't thought of as a horror film, is that when Arnold kills people, it's a fairly bloodless affair. Oh, good point. He, just, he points and shoots, and we often don't see anything beyond that. I'm pretty sure with the first two Sarah Connors that he kills, we don't see anything but him point and shoot. Yep. Uh, with Dick Miller, who owns the gun shop, uh, he you know, yeah, we can see that he kills him, but we don't see Dick after he's been shot. We just see you know see him hear the shot, yeah. Um, so it's it fairly cuts. tame on that front.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think the, the only gore like that I, I could really recall is like yeah him that scene like with him in the bathroom like digging his arm or his eye, right. Um, which and, yeah, and,
1: and even like Halloween isn't super gory, but the kills are so personal like Mm. they're undeniably horrifying you know we get uh oh shoot what's her name not Annie Brackett like in her car no gore there but it's just like very realistic very hard to watch and then you know Bob gets pinned to the wall yeah everything is in detail even if it is not gory so yeah that's true I think this movie doesn't go to the lengths to horrify you about the deaths that take place it's the deaths are action movie deaths
0: yeah right and and I think that comes back to like being guns versus uh, knives yeah Uh, like a a gory gun death I feel like isn't a
1: thing we've really learned how to
0: like show on a film
1: I think it I mean there's a lot of very gory action movies that have done it but they 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 play it up a little bit differently as more like flair and style than this Mm. is horrifying there's blood everywhere
0: sure sure yep that makes
1: sense Uh,
0: yeah, that, uh, any other fake strengths or or the, I thought the score was really good too. Do you, what'd you think of the
1: score? You know, the score is really good in some parts, but there's other parts where it just feels like a guy punching some keys on a synth. synth Oh, it's like really cheesy. It's just like (laughs) barely even music. It's just like, (laughs) (laughs) I think we got a little too obsessed with synths in the the eighties there, but, uh, yeah, actually it reminded me of the chopping mall score a little bit at times. Oh, sure, um, sure. It's a good score. There's just parts of it that I'm like, eh, I'm not into this.
0: Ah, okay, okay. I, I, I always love the. It always feels like very retro when we watch movies from like this time, like the, 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 yeah, the style of music that these guys were into back then.
1: For sure, but it, it fits. It fits the movie.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's see. I had some themes. I mean, obviously, there, there was the fear of uh, technology that you mentioned. Anything else jump out to you?
1: Boy, not really. I didn't pick up on any other themes. Like. I guess in addition to AI and the fear of technology, you have a theme of everyday people having the power to rise up against their oppressors, even if they think they're an unlikely person to do that. Like, do I look like the mother of the future? Mm. She kind of goes through a character change where she's like, I'm just a nobody. Who am I? Yeah. To thinking like, all right, I'm the one who's going to stand up and fight. Right. Um, so I think you could apply that to any sort of oppression or enemy or yeah, yeah, organized yeah. injustice.
0: Sure, like realizing your self uh, capabilities and stuff, and like what the, your capacity to like change something. Right. Have, yeah. Yeah. Overall, yeah. Your yeah.
1: your inherent power, even if you think you're a nobody.
0: Yeah, man. That, I think that's like one of the biggest misses of this movie. Spending more time with. Uh, uh, Sarah Connor and like her transformation is like she's understanding like who she's supposed to be I think that gets like kind of brushed uh, away because like you're, you're moving so quickly or you're, you're running the whole time
1: it does it's kind of like there's a moment uh, a line of dialogue that's kind of code for like okay she's becoming who she's meant to be where Reese is injured he's kind of like Going slow and she goes, Move it, Reese, on oh, your yeah. feet, soldier. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, oh brother, this is supposed to be us being like, oh, okay, here's the <laughs> there she is. the Sarah Connor <laughs> of the future. Here's hints of what she's gonna become. And yeah. it's just laid on thick and it's kind of a cheap, cheap way to to uh jump us forward in her character's development in my mind.
0: I agree, I agree. Yeah, that's definitely a miss. And uh yeah, I wish they had done more justice to that. Uh, I was wondering, yeah, so uh, outside of technology, is there, you know, it, we look at, like, early 80s, uh, and, like, the movies, like, I think about this one in Cyborg, um, so we're also coming, like, out of, like, a Cold War era, um, also in the 70s in the US you had a, a flush of, uh, immigrants coming in, right, um, uh, I wonder if, uh, the Terminator represents, like, some of these external threats to, like, American society, uh, whether it's technology or, or like uh, you know, European, or like you know, if you think of Arnold Schwarzenegger, as, you know he's he's got an accent in this film, and he's uh, where, where is he from? He's he's European, right? I believe he's from Austria. Oh yeah, Austrian dude, yeah. And then like years later, we have Jean Claude Van Damme as like cyborg and stuff. So is there like a an immigrant fear that's also potentially like playing into this, like uh, these and
1: uh, it, it maybe ties to the like the effects of the Cold War as well? Wow, that's a really interesting point. And yeah, both of them both of them have accents that sound like Eastern European right? accents. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Is there some like xenophobia in here as well? That's a really right. good point. And the Terminator is someone who comes from kind of a distant, far off place. Exactly. and in- Invades <laughs> this space. Yeah.
0: And it's up to the the efforts of a, a local hero uh, from the future to, to, to save uh, the world from this guy.
1: Sure. Yeah. I guess that's actually where it gets a little muddy is that the, the other Rus- guys from another place... Too. yeah only he speaks like he's from <laughs> yeah, here Yeah, <laughs> exactly
0: yeah he seems like a local hero you know like, uh, <laughs> right yeah. yeah uh so yeah that, that's one thing i was wondering uh the second theme i was wondering there's all this talk about like your unborn child is going to do like save the world and all this stuff right um do you think there's a like a, a, a question here around like uh like yeah women's rights to their body or like uh, that, that kind of conversation Oh man, you're bringing a,
1: a pro life, pro choice thing into it. I mean, do you think they were? Or do, you, do you think that's completely untied? Um, no, I don't think they there was any intention to. But could you read into it that way? Sure, like your, you, you know, your baby is destined to become right. something special, even if you think, uh, yeah. Oh man. Yeah,
0: I don't know. It gets a little dicey. <laughs> it does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe it's a stretch. Cause yeah, that, that's one thing I do like. Is it the focus is on like, Sarah. like I like that it isn't all just about John Connor. It is also about like Linda Hamilton and how she's like also going to like play a role in training him and being a a
1: soldier in this war. Right. So. I mean, she's going to be a single mom too. Oh yeah. Like right. Don't worry, single mom. Like do do the impossible because your baby's going to be something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it could. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I it Could be embedded in there on
0: accident. Right. Yeah. I feel like uh these are things people could talk about potentially. Um but yeah, any anything else?
1: No, I think list? that's all I got for the most part.
0: Okay. Do you want to jump to the rating of the film then? Let's do it. All right. Uh shoot. What's a good rating scale here? Um you want to go uh you have any ideas for a rating scale? You want to go like Cyborg Testicles? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. How many dangling uh, cyborg testicles would you give this out of 5?
1: Oh man, I I was having a hard time between a 3.5 and a 4. Dangling test dangling cyborg testicles. I think I'll go with a 4 just because I feel like I had to kind of adjust mentally to like okay, this is a very well-regarded movie, but there are some flaws that stick out like a sore thumb to me. So, I'm going to still go with Four, because I think on a rewatch, I'll appreciate this movie more and more. Yeah. And I think despite its simple plot and uninspired dialogue, it's an otherwise well-oiled machine propelled forward by the strength of James Cameron's direction, Stan Winston's special effects, and Schwarzenegger's terrifying performance.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we've talked enough about his performance, but yeah, he, he did a great job. Uh,
1: yeah. I couldn't imagine anyone doing it better.
0: I know, and, it, and I think uh, a lot of it's like every time like they'd flashed him and like how his eyes would like kind of like slowly look over a room, and it sure. like, gave it like a real like kind of robotic feel. Uh, so that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. No, for for uh, get, yeah, nice nice rating there.
1: How many? How about you? How many cyborg testicles you got hanging?
0: Uh, I'm going with uh, four and a half dangling uh, cyborg testicles. Oh wow, uh, nice. Yeah, I, I think that this film holds up and it's like really innovative for its time. It introduced like a really scary concept and it executed really well on like this idea of a, a scary force that can't be stopped. And uh, yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger's is acting really great. Uh, and the cinematography kind of pulls you in as well as the sound design. Um, so just a, a really cool film. Um, and yeah, I feel, I feel like the biggest weakness is like not giving uh, Linda Hamilton, Sarah Connor's uh, character, enough time to... Build up, uh, how yeah, how her character is gonna be in the future.
1: Yeah, her character wasn't written very well. Um, yeah. but yeah, it's interesting. This movie is a it's kind of like a basic story that points to an even more interesting story, right? To come, which is T2, um, you think? Yeah, I think which is T2. Did you like T2 better than this one?
0: Uh, I think I did, but I, I you know, if, if you had to ask like which one was a better horror film, I think I'd go with this one, but sure. yeah overall, I think T2 is like a well, more polished and like more interesting, but what, what did you think?
1: Yeah, I like T2 better. I do think T2 is, you know, I haven't watched it in years, but I think that's an action movie. Yeah, right, whereas right. Whereas this is a horror movie. And then, like, does that make it hard
0: to compare these two to one another?
1: Huh. No, I mean, it's kind of like, the, I guess in a way, it's hard to, like, pick your favorite between Alien and Aliens because they're so different and great in different ways. But, yeah, right. So, yeah, maybe a little bit of that comes into play here.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really interesting comparison. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, between those two franchises, uh, such like different films and like different approaches, but like each like pretty good on its own. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And yeah, one, one, the first one being more of a horror movie and the second one being more of an action movie. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The, did you, do you think, uh, like 28 days, uh, later kind of took that path too like, uh, I feel like 28 weeks later was a lot like bigger blockbuster-y than, 28 days later
1: yeah sure but boy it's been so long since i've seen 28 days later i cannot believe that is not available online anywhere. i know
0: that's like the biggest uh bummer like that yeah that's such a great movie i'd love to go back and see that
1: i know i know it's one of show. these days it'll it'll be out there or we should just buy it and review it and yeah. hope people have seen it i think so many people <laughs> have it. seen it
0: yeah yeah i think it'd be worthwhile yeah awesome anything else that's all i got man all right, well, that's going to wrap up our discussion on The Terminator. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. That's going to help other people find our show, and we always appreciate the feedback. If you want to join our discussion, you can find our social links on horrormovieclub.com, or you can shoot us an email at podcast at horrormovieclub.com. We'll announce next week's movie on Facebook and Twitter, in case you want to watch it before the next episode. We're also on Discord, where you can find other horror fans uh and the link to that is on our website our logo is done by amy may pop art you can check her out on etsy.com you can subscribe to our patreon page and get access to some cool bonus content for as little as a dollar a month the link to that is also on our website and until next time if you're having explosive diarrhea consider creating a time machine and going back oh and and then well first make a time machine Give one of your friends a picture of your mom from when she was young to, to have a good time with. And then send him back in time. Oh, but first, make sure also he doesn't have explosive diarrhea currently. Uh, check his gastronomical. Is it gastronomical? Gastronomy? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> um <laughs> that sounds like a, like farts in outer space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh Oh god, we need to end uh, this quick. Maybe get a tool sample and then send them back in
0: time and then your problems will go away apparently.
1: There you go. So you, you, you know there's like poop transplants for you can do. You uh, can get a healthy yeah. person's poop transplanted into your body. Maybe just do that instead of the time. Yeah, the whole
0: time machine thing. Hey, uh, how does that work? Do you take the poop and then like put it up your butt?
1: Uh no, Oh, good question. Yeah, I think they probably injected up your
0: butt. Hmm. You we should uh, switch poop sometime, See what happens.
1: I don't think so. I'm pretty happy with the way my system <laughs> works. How about you? Are you happy with the way things are going?
0: I'm good, but I'm, I'm always interested in like uh, an alternative. to See what else could be what could be different. Alright,
1: yeah. <laughs> exploring other uh, yeah. other ways of life. Yeah, can't say no. <laughs> Once you
0: tried it. Alright.